0: Good afternoon today i have the lovely philippa with me hi philippa would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself
1: sure hi donna thank you very much for having me along to chat today i'm philippa east i'm a psychological suspense author with hq HarperCollins, collins and my books are uh little white lies um safe and sound this is a proof copy uh, actually because i um ran out, sold out of my other ones. Um, and my latest book, which is I'll Never Tell.
0: Um, did you always know that you
1: wanted to write? And no, is the short answer. Um, I think when I was growing up, ever since I was a kid, I absolutely loved books and reading and stories. But when I was growing up, I didn't have any perception that being a writer was a job that you could do. I mean, obviously I knew that there was authors out there that wrote these books that I was reading, but I had no sense of um, like, that that was a career path I could could follow. I didn't know any authors. There was no one like that in my family. Um, so I, I ended up studying psychology and qualified as a clinical psychologist. And that was my day job until, um, well I mean I still practice now but part-time Um, but yeah I didn't really think about writing until I was in my sort of 30s and I took it up initially just for fun just as a hobby uh, and then found I just really really loved it and started to take it more seriously and eventually yeah got a publishing deal yeah and sort of in retrospect it makes sense because I can't imagine like books have always been a thing and all the way through even as a psychologist i was always interested in stories writing this kind of stuff but
0: yeah short answer is no and then what made you just uh, take the decision to do it was it a gradual build-up of like writing for fun and then you thought "Mm, maybe i've got a story and
1: yeah pretty much so as i was saying i i started off just It was kind of one of a number of sort of like hobbies that I tried. I just dabbled in various things, you know, throughout my life. And most of them I was shit at. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I started writing very much for fun. I wrote um, a manuscript of a novel, which is terrible and not my kind of, not the genre that I write in now. It's kind of like a weird rom-com thing was very strange. (laughs) <laughs> um but uh, but sort of in the course of writing that I joined a few writers groups and writers communities online and that kind of thing which was lovely and just sort of got into the whole um sort of space of writers and writing um and then I sort of I sort of set that novel to one side I never even tried to get it published like it was yeah it wasn't that was never the aim and I kind of knew that it wasn't going to um, but I started writing short stories and that was a really good way for me to um, practice my craft and also just practice and discover what sort of things I like to write about and what sort of themes interested me, that kind of thing. Um, and it was, I suppose it was when I started getting some of the short stories published that it made me think that perhaps, perhaps I was basically good enough to be a published, published author um, so that I suppose that it was a gradual thing in some ways yeah and then I think that probably getting short stories published was the was the kind of tipping point for me to to think that I first of all that I wanted to keep doing this and 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 be more ambitious with it I guess
0: and then your first book what came first the characters or the story oh uh, oh that's a funny one um
1: probably the story in a way although I think they kind of arrived pretty much at the same time. I, from, from the very beginning of writing the book, the cast of characters didn't really change. So, the, the, the premise of the story, um, and this is for, as I mentioned, da, 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 little white lies. Um, the premise of the story is about a family whose young daughter has been missing for about seven years, but the story begins with Abigail being found so because I've been reading oh, in the wake of Gone Girl being published in what was that 2013 something like that It's ages ago now there were loads and loads and loads and loads of books about people going missing which and it's still a really core trope of the thriller psychological thriller genre but I was thinking like what about the whole story that might have happen after a missing child is found and and really kind of going into the story of how that actually might be traumatic for the family as well but just in a different way um and I think from the beginning I I I mean maybe because I was thinking a bit about Madeline McCann so from the beginning Abigail had two small brothers I think Madeline McCann maybe has a younger brother and sister who are twins I'm not quite sure yeah but,
0: something like that isn't it yeah. yeah
1: so so in my mind Abigail had two younger siblings and she had you know, she had her parents, although in my book, the dad is a, a stepdad. But then at the same time, um, I was really clear that the other character and one of the main point of view characters for Little White Lies is um, um, Jess, who is Abigail's cousin, same age cousin. Um, and then Jess has her parents. And I really, I, I really want, the, the, st- the story really started as the story through Jess's eyes of her cousin coming home, and they've been like really, really close as ch- children, and then Abigail basically returns as a stranger. Um, so story and character kind of came together, and I think for me, generally, probably story comes first, but normally I, I very quickly have an idea of the characters who are going to tell that story as well. Once I have the story itself, yeah, interesting question. I haven't really. Yeah it's an interesting one it made me think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good, this is what I like. There'll be more of those hopefully. <laughs> um, How do you choose character names?
1: Oh that's a hard one. I just whatever comes to mind and um, I guess I try to pick a name that I feel fits with the character. Like if I had a very plain character who was supposed to come across as quite plain I wouldn't Call her Petunia or something like that, and vice versa. If I had a character who was supposed to be quite exotic, I would probably try to give her a more exotic name. Um, but but yeah, it's a funny one. Like I I've called characters' name like I didn't even realise, but in my in my second book, Safe and Sound, um, the um, the woman who dies or is found dead in her bed set is called Sarah Jones. And when I was working on the book, I'd written a whole load of it and I sent it to my agent. And then, like, three minutes after emailing it to my agent, I was like, my agent is called Sarah. And it hadn't crossed my mind at all that I'd named one of my main characters Sarah. <laughs> um, and, like, I've got characters who've got the same name as family members as well, but they don't, they don't, they're not the same people at all. So, Yeah and my character names often change actually. I do often rename my characters in the course of the book Um, and I think when I when I settle on a name that's when I feel like I know the character. Sometimes their name will shift around while I'm not clear on the character or I feel like I don't really know them.
0: Yeah Um, and I used to ask the question when I first started doing this and then I stopped asking and then um, I saw other people, and actually, the answers generally are so varied that as I'm always shocked how people choose their character names. So
1: yeah, well, more recently, I did run a competition where I got people to enter a lottery um, to have their name in one of my next books. Uh, so that was that was that was nice. And actually, the name that I picked was um, a guy called Peter Bird, which is a great name. That's a great character name. So I was like, I oh, was well chuffed, you know. <laughs> so yeah, Peter Bird. You will be showing up in a future book before too long.
0: <laughs> well, I have um, the the I have a, car- a a name saved on my phone because I'm like that is just such a cool name. That's asking for a book to be written about them because it's such a cool um, name. But, what is? Um, that? Or are Jack you not? Dash. The huh? Jack Dash.
1: Jack
0: Dash, yeah, perfect. <laughs> How cool is it? that's? I like ask him for like a PI or something to be, you know, it's such yeah. a cool name. Yeah, hi Dash, Jack Dash. <laughs> exactly. I just, I can't remember where I saw it. I'm like, I'm, I'm writing that down now, so yeah, I don't yeah, forget. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I wrote a book. I've written a book, and um, uh, I wanted to kill someone that I can't stand but i kept his <laughs> real name because when I was writing it it helped but I've had to apologize to other people that I really like with the same name like, <laughs> when you read it just know yeah. that I'm really sorry but it's not you yeah I've had to do that I had to call, had to
1: call my dad up and I was like dad I, like, I didn't realize there was a character in my book called Brian which is my dad's name and I'm like he's basically like a narcissistic psychopath but it's not you <laughs> Honestly, like my dad could not be further from that characterization.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, my character is Peter. He really suffers. So I'm like, I've, and one of the guys that wants to read it is a cozy crime writer. So obviously it's not, he doesn't generally read the sort of grittier hmm. stuff. So, but he wants to read it because I've written it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. It's quite
1: funny.
0: <laughs> um, I've completely forgotten. Uh, do you hide any um, secret jokes, messages, or Easter eggs in your books?
1: Um, not, us- not usually, and um, but in so I didn't think of doing it before. But in I'll never tell. I got my spouse. I said I said to them, um, give me a word, and I'll put it in the book, and that'll be like then you know you'll know that I've put a little yeah like an easter egg in there for you and the word that they gave me was ombre I was like okay (laughs) so so in one of the scenes in I'll never tell I don't know which one it is oh I'm trying to think so anyway so Julia who's the kind of mum and wife she and her husband Paul go out for dinner at um um I, I, like go out for a posh dinner at one point and Julia comes down wearing a dress that has an ombre um colour pa- palette on it. So I need to I need to get Elliot to give me another word for my next the next book that will be coming out in February, which is in the editing. So I'll I'll find another word to put them in. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> important because you can fit like most words you can fit in somewhere, right? Someone mm-hmm. someone do give me a word like, you know, I don't know oh you know supercalifragilisticexpialidocious kind of like and I'm like oh
0: come on man. <laughs> yeah. yeah as long as it's reasonable <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about editing when you um, self edit or when you send it off what do you get shouted at for overusing
1: oh interesting um, I can have a bit of a habit of like re- repeating phrases for emphasis but I do it too much and it becomes a bit melodramatic Um, So like uh, I'll have a character who's like um, saying something like, I can't do it, I can't, I just can't, I can't, okay? And my editor will be like, probably like two of the four is fine. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's probably one. Apparently I use the word though quite a lot, Um, as in like, it was difficult though, (laughs) whatever. So I know but that's what editors are for isn't it um like because i don't notice i don't notice that i'm doing it and i could waste a lot of time trying to second guess and go through and comb out all this stuff but at the end of the day you kind of need that other pair of eyes on it to be like actually no this this is yeah that that is working in those sentences and those phrases but actually that's not and that's i don't really see that as something i can i can really judge um but yeah, sometimes sometimes my phraseology gets a bit
0: melodramatic. <laughs> I mean, think it's the basic one. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think that's the best answer to that question I've ever had as well. That's great.
1: <laughs> now when you're reading my book, you have to look for all those, all those yeah. I bet if I'm gonna put it
0: any page, we'll be able to find one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, us women can be a bit melodramatic anyway, so nothing wrong with a bit of melodrama, I think,
1: you know. You
0: know, (laughs) if it gets our point across, then who cares? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to repeat yourself. (laughs) Exactly. If people listened the first time, we wouldn't have to do so (laughs) it's not our fault. (laughs) Yeah. Um, if you were to take out a character from any of your books for a meal, who would you choose and what would you ask them?
1: oh man um oh god a lot of my characters aren't hugely likeable so I'm not sure that I'd really want to not sure I'd want to sit down over dinner with them but they're all quite they've all got a quite a few flaws let me have a think um oh that is really hard That's terrible. I don't think I want to have dinner with any of my characters <laughs> um maybe uh let me have a think Probably it would probably be a kind of side character whose take on the whole story. I would be interested. Oh, actually, I know. I think I know who who I'd like to said so I'd like to pick her brains on the whole thing. So I'll try not to get give any spoilers away, but for anyone who has read I'll Never Tell, I would like to, like I would like to sit down with the wife of Francis who's one of the characters in I'll Never Tell um to get yeah like because mm, I feel like there's a lot more we need to know about this Francis character that probably we never quite find out in the book and uh, yeah I think I'd probably so not like for a nice fun meal but more like what the fuck do you make of all that <laughs> <laughs> so Francis's wife yeah <laughs>
0: Um, And if a film were to be made of any of your books, what character would you um, play?
1: Which character would I play? Oh my God. I would probably play um, Lillian from Little White Lies, who is, uh, so she's the older sister. She's the aunt of Abigail, the missing girl. And so she's the older sister of Abigail's mum. And she's really quite controlling and bossy, and she's kind of she's quite a big influence on the whole family dynamic. She's Jess's mom as well, Jess the cousin. Um, and I think I think I've got quite a few personality traits that are quite similar to Lillian's. I'm quite I can be quite controlling, and I always think I'm right. (laughs) Um, so I would I would probably be Lillian, and Lillian, yeah, kind of kind of has to do a bit of reckoning with herself in the course of the book so I think I think I'm I probably write unlikable characters because I think I probably just put my all my own character flaws into them (laughs) and I hope that people will be like oh no we like them really and then everyone just in the reviews like yeah not very likeable these characters and I'm like well I like them because they're a
0: bit like me (laughs) damn it (laughs) Those characters are no fun anyway are they horrible characters are so much more fun yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, do you have absolutely um, any no-nos that you'd never write?
1: Do you mean in terms of like genre or storylines or... Whatever? Either.
0: Either or both.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, interesting. I think I would be really, really rubbish at writing either either romance or uplet because I would like I would probably get maximum 75 percent of the way through and I'd be like I have to kill someone like it's too <laughs> like it's not dark enough I think I think I'm so drawn to writing about things that are quite dark or disturbing or or difficult that I I just wouldn't be able to uh, sort of sustain the kind of optimism <laughs> and and sort of like positivity um, I mean not, not to say that those books obviously don't have their own kind of tensions and conflicts and everything but yeah I mean I, I, I think it's a great skill to be able to write to write that kind of fiction that really kind of is so enjoyable to read and so kind of affirming to read but unfortunately it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not what I can what I can do I'm too mean and want to make my characters
0: suffer too much. <laughs> I've had so many uh, crime writers say that. It's so funny. (laughs) Trying to write it; they just want to kill someone.
1: (laughs) But it's good because there's plenty of other authors out there who are nailing that genre. So it doesn't need me. It doesn't
0: need me at all. Yeah, there's loads (laughs) of them. They're fine. And apparently crime writers are nicer because they kill people in fiction. I've
1: heard this. Yeah, we've got an outlet for all that, you know, the rage that all of us carry with us and all of that. Whereas if you had to kind of be... Yeah, if you had to be like positive all the time, I think you'd, it would all fester around somewhere, wouldn't it? Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Perhaps you'd have to sort of write a short story you never publish as a romance author yeah. to kill people, and then
1: yeah, it just, that. <laughs> yeah, just keep writing all these vignettes of like horrific murders, and but yeah, <laughs> make sure they never get see the light of day anyway.
0: <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps that's not healthy. I don't know. <laughs> so, I think
1: so. I I think the more that we are in touch with those kind of difficult feelings, the healthier we are. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah, I think it's better out than in would be my take. <laughs>
0: um, When you uh, progress from short stories to a full novel, what did you find more difficult than you expected? Everything.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, um, I think it was difficult with plot and structure because in a short story, typically you've got such a, such a focused kind of slice that you're looking at correctly. You can't, you can't have a complex multi-layered plot in a short story. It's not really what it's designed for. Um. So I thought, I thought I knew quite a lot about structure, but, but really I only knew enough to, to, figure out the structure of a chapter (laughs) because a short story and a chapter are probably typically probably roughly the same length um and I really didn't have a a sense of how to you know how to structure the arc over an entire entire novel and also I think that um just the sheer amount of rewriting and editing because again a short story often goes through lots of rewriting and editing but you can do it in such a short time scale you know to edit to, to edit an entire short story would probably take you a day or, or a week whereas obviously editing an entire novel can take a you know half a year a year and i think i think it was quite easy for me to with my debut to get ground down when there was um, so many rounds of edits that it really you know it made me just be like I don't know how to do this and it's never gonna be good enough. So I think that was I think that was the hardest thing. But the flip side is I think I actually because I think I'm I'm a natural kind of marathon runner rather than a sprinter. So actually I quite like working on novels that do take a year or two overall to complete. That actually suits me quite well. Um so so having that kind of bigger project to really to really kind of immerse myself in and, and have that space to work. But yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system at <laughs> start. I thought I knew more than I did, basically. It's like, I've written you know, so many short stories and I've had all of these ones published. So I'm nailing it. And it was like, you don't know nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I could well imagine, oh yeah. Um, have you made lots of author friends and reader friends since you became a writer?
1: um Yeah, both. I mean, I I love it when readers get in touch, and you know, I, I I always feel like really tickled and touched if a reader like bothers to get and they send a message. I'm like, oh my god, I need that touching me. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. You know, I I always I, I reply to every message that people send me, and you know, I I, I absolutely love it, and I. You know, I, I I think I'm I'm mindful not to try not to impose myself on on readers because I think you know they they it's up to them to take my books if they want when they want and make up their own minds about it and they don't they don't need me butting in and being like what do you think what do you think or anything like that you know I wait for them to come to me that's that doesn't that feels right but um but yeah I love it when 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 readers do. Um, and with writers yeah absolutely so when um in the run-up well you know my my debut came out in 2020 and obviously that's when we went into lockdown (laughs) so we actually the, the silver lining of that was um a whole load of us who were um having our debuts come out in 2020 we formed um our own started off as a as a sort of Facebook group and and we've since kind of had lots and lots of different ways that we support each other through then, so through that since then, so um, that has been absolutely invaluable. So that's my core kind of writer network. Um, but yeah, absolutely. No, obviously there's a great sort of writers community, authors community on places like Twitter that I I'm super involved with, and it's writers are lovely people and really generous, really supportive. And I mean, maybe some people like to be more isolated or private with their writing maybe that's some people in which case that's fine but I really I really love having other people to kind of cry to and I feel like they're just my vibe I feel really at home I feel like these are my people you know they're all introverts with cats and I'm like yeah and and again readers readers bloggers people like you are just lovely and amazing
0: and it's great i must admit i quite like twitter because generally uh the authors just take the piss out of each other all day which is really funny. <laughs> more so than facebook i find yeah especially like yeah. abhi mukhaji and uh vaz khan and imran and stuff they're all just yeah. constantly and it's just so funny yeah. so yeah i, I find that funny. more on twitter i think but <laughs>
1: it's great yeah, I, think, I think twitter's sort of in general slightly less slightly more what's the word um don't dis- disrespectful that's not quite what i'm irreverent that's the word i mean <laughs> yeah yeah quite quite a bit of sarky dry humor which which is right up my alley too yeah
0: yeah it's i mean you know if i'm reading it at work and i start laughing i can't really explain why i'm laughing it's like you just <laughs> you don't get it but it's just really funny <laughs> yeah. but they're off they're off again the children are playing again they're taking yeah. me
1: out. <laughs> a playground spat yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: oh dear bless him. um if you're able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with
1: oh my god that's so difficult um uh this i mean there's so many writers that i i really really admire but i'm trying to also pick someone that i wouldn't be totally intimidated by because otherwise it'd be like oh my god this is too much um oh gosh, that's such a good, and then I'm thinking like, you know, there's there's authors that I kind of already know that I think are great, but who would I, oh god, I feel like I would have to come, Uh, no, actually, I think the author that I would like to sit down with would probably be an author called um, Megan Abbott, who is a American author, don't really know her, I see her around on Twitter, but she's not, like, I don't think she would know who I was. <laughs> but she writes, she writes, she writes in a kind of across quite a wide genre she wrote kind of um what's the word like sort of retro retro noir crime books initially and and more recently she she writes you know she's written kind of psychological thrillers which is quite literary as well and i just really love her books and she comes across as you know a really interesting person and i yeah i think i'd just be interested to know her take on life and the world and writing and yeah, so Megan Abbott, if you happen to stumble across this video, <laughs> you can a coffee or a Zoom chat, then let me know.
0: <laughs> have you messaged her? I had this the other day. I asked an American author who she'd like to spend a day with, and she read this book and said she loved it. I'm like, have you messaged her to tell her, you know, you said you love when readers contact you, so have you messaged her? And she said, well, no, actually, I haven't, but I will. So have you messaged her and told her? I've definitely
1: messaged Megan, like on Twitter to be like, I've just read your book and loved it. And yeah, I think mostly I sort of, she either like just likes my tweet or is just like, thanks. Then, okay. I'll leave it at that then. <laughs> but, I'll, but that's not going to stop me. Like every time I read one of her books, I will totally tag her and be like, I yeah. love because yeah absolutely why not like I like I say like I love it when people you know let me know that they've enjoyed something so yeah and if they don't want to respond to me that's
0: fine totally fine like I I don't have a problem with that so yeah I'll I'll always tell you. When they do it even like in a tweet you're like ah because I read um, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie uh, Garmus, which obviously was insane and she yeah. liked one of my tweets or, tweets or said thank you and i was ah yeah, <laughs> so,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah like i i i mean I, I know there's probably some authors who just they just don't have the time or the capacity or maybe they find social media difficult and i totally understand that but yeah i like i'm i'm always i'm always gushing back on social media <laughs> yeah, because it's lovely i love it Yeah, it's,
0: it means a lot yeah I know it, and we still get squealy because obviously you know for readers we always say that authors are our rock stars so you know yeah. when we get a like stay made week made that's all it takes we're very easily pleased. So, Yeah,
1: yeah. But, but I also think that mostly authors are actually really down to earth you know even like massive best-selling authors they're I don't know maybe it's because we don't you know our our art isn't public it's not like we're on a stage like a pop star or an actor or something we are in many ways just invisible aren't we unless we really kind of you know put ourselves out there so I think I think most authors don't really don't think of themselves as famous or celebrities just like oh I'm just like sitting in my pajamas scratching my ass like (laughs) typing some words (laughs) like if you like that that's cool (laughs)
0: yeah and yet you know where bloggers go to Harrogate and stuff you know oh my god it really yeah it is just like seeing actors I guess for us (laughs) yeah Yeah. and yeah they're just like yeah we're just gonna get a drink (laughs) like
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's probably like because I mean I suppose I have that yeah I have that weird feeling that if I meet an author like a mega author I would be like starstruck but I don't like but then I'm like well I you know I'm I'm a published author there's lots of people who've read my books but I don't think that I'm anything special like I just I'm just like a normal person who like has to clean the toilet and things. so but so maybe that's the thing probably all famous people feel like that don't they like you don't feel famous you're just like I'm just a human being and like
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I've met Richard Osman and and I saw him speak at Capital Crime last year and you Know he was saying about how hard it was to write his book and stuff. You know, he's quite maligned and stuff, but you know, he put the hard work in and he done it the same as everyone else, just because he's done a few deli shows. You know, he's yeah. still and yeah, he was just, just a guy, yeah, very tall, yeah, so. I guess. but, but yeah. other than that,
1: yeah, very, very just yeah, yeah, yeah. less down to work because of his height, but otherwise, down to
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, thankfully, he was sitting down. I had a picture of him and he was sitting oh, down. Because right, yeah. I'm quite short anyway, so I'm not even sure I'd have reached his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And that would have just been embarrassing. But um, <laughs> yeah. Although I haven't had a picture of Jack Jordan because he's also very tall. Anyway. Yeah,
1: because yeah, I've seen him on social media and assumed he was, because he, he's quite slim and everything. You know, I thought, you he, he look, he'll be he sort of average height. And then I met him at actually the book launch for Laurel Van Rensburgs. Um. Nobody but us. And I was like, oh, "Wow, Jack, you're tall." <laughs> and then there's all these other people. I was like, "Wow, you're short," because <laughs> like, like, no, everyone was just kind of average height on Zoom, right? You know. Yeah. Is- exactly.
0: Yeah. You just you know chest up, and that's it. You were uh, wouldn't yeah. have a clue. Yeah. yeah. He's ridiculously tall. Just like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's very sweet though. He's such a sweetheart. Definitely. blessing Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um if you're able to travel to any time period either forwards or backwards where would you like to go
1: you know what I've always said um I would go back to the time of um when Jesus Christ was apparently alive I'm not I'm not religious myself but I just think you know it's one of the biggest questions that we have don't we and like who what like did I mean I my my view is that there probably was an actual person that we know as jesus right um but but actually i would just be fascinated to see the reality of what what actually happened at that time you know and just just go back there as a as a historical exercise um that's probably in some ways a bit boring but like yeah <laughs> i think i think that's what I- I would, I, that's probably one of the biggest questions that I would have, I'd just like to know, because going back to what you were saying about like celebrities, right? I mean, Jesus is like the biggest celebrity we've ever known in the world, or one of. And how much of what we read about him or think we know about him, how would that actually match who he actually was and how he lived his life and how he interacted with people? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's the whole, you know, religious perspective on on who he was but even taking, you know, even setting that aside, you know, even the kind of secular views of of who he was, we would know so little. And I just would be really interested to, I mean, he might have been a complete dickhead, who knows? Like he might have been a right arse <laughs> and everyone, everyone was like, oh my God, that Jesus guy is so up himself. Or I don't know, it would be so <laughs> yeah. interesting, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, it would. It really yeah. would, actually, yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my other
1: right question, a bit random, but there you go. <laughs>
0: um okay so uh funny question who was your first celebrity crush oh my gosh well
1: i don't think i really had celebrity <laughs> crushes mainly because um i grew up without a tv until i was about 11 so i didn't really have i didn't really see anyone um it was probably off. Often... oh celebrity crush <clears throat> oh i know actually i do remember i do remember now Christian Slater in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> and my my best friend fancied Kevin Costner. I mean, I'm not saying Kevin Costner is not sexy, but I was like, he's like 53, or so. I mean, we were like like eight. <laughs> I was like, whereas Christian, well, I mean, I suppose Christian Slater was probably like 23 or something in that film, still a bit out of my age range. But anyway, <laughs> Christian Slater, that floppy hair that he had, and yeah, so it was would have been Christian Slater.
0: <laughs> I saw that recently, funnily enough I didn't realise that um, Alan Rickman was in it either, which was a yeah. surprise
1: yeah. yeah, yeah yeah. Great film, I mean it stands up stands the test of time, doesn't it? You know?
0: Yeah <laughs> And Brian Adams' song that came off the back of it that was number one forever Yeah,
1: and who else is in it? Um. Oh god, what's his name? Morgan Freeman, is that who I mean? Yeah, I mean Yes,
0: yes he was, yeah <laughs> I know I'm, I was really shocked when I was watching it I'm like wow I didn't had no idea because years you know I was like oh yeah <laughs> hello <laughs> um if I was to ask those closest to you what your most annoying habits are what would they say
1: oh um well I've got plenty of those um annoying habits <laughs> um my spouse would say I'm always trying to plan everything too much um we both come from quite different backgrounds. My my family are super planners. So like, I'll be getting a phone call probably within the next two weeks with my mom being like, what should we do for Christmas this year? And I'll be like, oh God, it's April. Whereas my spouse's family, that discussion would happen like, on like the 20th of December. So I do, tr- I, I have like cut back my like, excessive like advanced planning, um, and my spouse is, like, tries to be a bit more sort of forward thinking. Still not quite meeting in the middle. So, yeah, like, a bit, like, unnecessary planning would probably be one. Um, I'm sure I've got loads more, but I probably don't even realise. <laughs> Going no, to bed okay. in the afternoon to read a book, that, that's probably, but I'm like... <laughs> What's wrong with being in bed? Is the comfiest place to read? Like, I don't see the yeah. You can get in bed if you want, and not stopping you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this is what <laughs> adulthood is. You could do what you want now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, not hurting anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, top read so far this year.
1: Oh no, it's one of the questions that I hate. Partly because I read so many books, I can never remember. <laughs> yeah. um, what did I read this year? Oh, I've read I've read loads of good books. Um the one I'm gonna mention, I I think it, it would have been this year, I think it was, or close enough to is End of Story by um Louise Beach. I think she's written it under the name Louise Swanson, is that right? I got any...
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not sure if that is under Louise Beach, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: it might be Louise Swanson or Louise something else but it's an absolute cracker it's incredibly innovative and it's it's part part psychological thriller part kind of dystopian novel and part um like really interesting reflection on kind of loss and the meaning of the meaning of stories in our lives generally is absolute. like I think that's I've not read all of Louise's books but I've read quite a few of them and I think it's an, like an absolute cracker from her and I think also I would say that it's a real a real fresh innovation in the kind of psychological thriller genre like I really feel like it's just taking it up another level or really kind of pushed the boundaries so absolutely I, I really, really really enjoyed that book and would highly recommend it to anyone else yeah there's been other lots of other great reads I've had this year but off the top of my
0: head, that's the one I can think of. Yeah, um, it's on my TBR. <laughs> yeah. And I knew, is it 18 minutes or 18 seconds, 18 minutes? Can't remember. A very oh, which one? Was-
1: oh. oh, right, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got another one, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, Um, I went to Newcastle Noir and she was there and she'd done a trauma workshop Um, and she spoke about it. Um, and it sounds like it will be a tough read but also really because it's, it's, it's about
1: about um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so a really to read. More, it, but... think... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely like amazing that she's felt ready to to write that and yeah, yeah.
0: Share... She said hmm. because um, I think there's text exchanges with her siblings and they're, I think there are funny bits in it because they're quite that sort of family. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be too hot. <laughs> yeah. Heartbreaking, but yeah, bless her. Yeah, I need to look out for
1: that one as well, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen it sort of being mentioned, so I guess it's out relatively soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's coming next for you? Well,
1: um, my <laughs> next book, um, which I am very excited about is coming out I- in February, um, and I know that in one way that feels like quite a long way away, but they all, it always comes around really quickly. Like, and I, I think like we'll be starting, you know, we'll be starting kind of doing things like the cover reveals and the kind of initial promotions that coming up for pre order, all of that kind of stuff that will be kicking off fairly soon. Which is always like the such a lovely part of the whole process because the like the kind of hardest work on my end is done. Um, so that book's called, well, the working title at the moment, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the title that we're going with is, um, A Guilty Secret. And the book is, I haven't got a perfect pitch for it yet, but it's about a remote Scottish boarding school, a group of teenagers getting up to no good in the woods behind the school. Um, the bizarre suicide of a beloved psychotherapist and two ex-spouses who are thrown back together to investigate the connection between all of these creepy goings-on. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Watch this space. It's probably technically available to pre-order on Amazon now. I think it is, but it doesn't have a cover and all that yet. So, but if you're really keen, then <laughs> click away, buy away, be my guest, go for it. <laughs> but i will be out in
0: February, yeah. Yeah, that does sound miles away. Actually, yeah. <laughs> like in my head, it's still February. You know, it's yeah. it's nearly May. That was just happened again. <laughs> just sort of slipped and ended up in May. Yeah, that's
1: like it's like you lose your footing in February and they end up in May. It's like what happened
0: there? <laughs> yeah, you just blinked and Easter's gone and yeah. yeah, yeah, very bizarre. I know. And then it'll be August before we know it, and then Christmas. Yeah. and Oh God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I don't think I have any more questions for you, Ernest. Do you think there's anything major or anything else that you, you want to tell us?
1: No, it's been brilliant. It's been a lovely chat. Very enjoyable and entertaining. So thank you, Donna. It's been a real
0: pleasure. Um, do you want to show off your books again and remind everyone where they can get them from and where they can find out more about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's my debut Little White Lies, which is the one about the missing child who returns. Um, There is Safe and Sound, um, which is about a young, charismatic, pretty, sociable woman called Sarah Jones, who is found dead in her bedsit, um, and nobody realized she died for 10 whole months. And the housing manager who investigates, how the fuck did that happen? And then we have I'll Never Tell, which is also out now, and this is about a um, prodigious violinist, Chrissy, who is 16 years old, who vanishes after a very, very public performance at the Barbican Theatre Young Musician of the Year competition, completely exploding all the secrets in her seemingly perfect family. And you can get these books wherever you buy books. So obviously, um, I always recommend bookshop.org, which is a great online store that supports independent bookshops. If you don't have an independent bookshop of your own nearby, or if you do, go and you know, get the books through them. Um, obviously, all the other usual places, Waterstones and Amazon. Um, if you go onto my Amazon page, then I have a, yellow follow button which obviously all authors do so i always encourage people to click that because then you'll get updates about my new releases and so on so you don't miss anything and in terms of connecting with me like we were talking about before if you want to say hi you know recommend books to me tell me about your own writing whatever the main place i hang out is twitter and i'm on there as philippa with one l underscore east um yeah philippa underscore east is my handle so see you there Brilliant. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Donna. Thank you.